Come in. Hey, man, I'm sorry I'm late to transportation. Shut up! You're here! And good thing, because we've got lots of work. The talk show featuring unforgettable guests with incredible jobs. And now, here's my boss and your host, Katie Lazarus. Welcome back to Employee of the Month. And this episode, I sat down with Daniel Friedman, who created Bindle and Keep, which is a bespoke suit company. I don't know what bespoke means either, but it's a small suit company that tailors suits directly for each person. You get your measurements taken, and they'll do up to 40 measurements. I think they actually will do even more, but that's around how many measurements it takes each time to do a suit. And Murray Hill, who had done the show, always looks so fly. So I was like, where do you get your suits? Bindle and Keep. So I checked out Bindle and Keep. Turned out I wasn't the only one checking out Bindle and Keep. Lena Dunham is doing a documentary about the company, which has become the go-to company for folks in the transgender community and LGBTQ in general, because he tailors these beautiful suits to you. If you are a short male, he will make your shoulders, well, he will make the suit shoulders narrower. I'm not sure why he's excited about bell bottoms coming out, but he did tell me that there's going to be a resurgence. Um, Anyways, it was a, a thrill to interview him to find out how much in common all of our small businesses are. I, I am that last of a generation who thought I was an artist, not an entrepreneur, but it turns out that in this day and age, whether you're a professor or a priest, I think you have to have your own brand, unfortunately, or for better or for worse. And it was neat to hear what it's like when you're in a business business. It's a little bit of being a showman. Here's my interview with Mr. Daniel Friedman. I'm excited to bring you this episode with Daniel, who is the founder of Bindle and Keep. Is that how you like to go by? Yeah, I guess so. Because owner sounds weird because I'm I'm actually like the victim of Bindle and Keep in a way. You're a survivor. You're a survivor. (laughs) As a CEO of a company, you're the survivor. All right, well, so I I know that you've gotten so much media attention for your suits and that you um, have become the go-to spot for um, LGBTQYZ and... um, they're doing, Lena Dunham's doing a documentary on you, but I want to start at the beginning and just find out, because I I think that you're very talented at different things. I wanted to find out how you chose going into tailoring. Okay. It's not a straight route, that's for sure. I did not plan this. If someone said to me, um, you know, five years ago that I was going to be making suits for the LGBTQ community, that I would know two and a half thousand lesbians, I would, wouldn't even, I mean. You grew up in a more orthodox world? I grew up in the modern orthodox world. I mean, I don't know, like okay. modern world. But no, I knew two lesbians. The modern world, as opposed to everyone else <laughs> right. on the planet. Well, it wasn't like, you know, because I feel like it's not, my parents were, my family was, you know, I went to like a Jewish day school. In, in Brooklyn? No, in Ohio. In Ohio, where in Ohio? Columbus. Do you know my last name is Lazarus? Have we had this discussion? It doesn't mean anything. Is it, is it from the stores? Yeah. Yeah, I did not. I have a I have a, a sister-in-law who has the last name Lazarus who might be connected. Find out. Does she live She's in... She's from Philly. Oh, I think they have to be from Ohio. No, she... Yeah, may, Lazarus I think they're the department to store. It's a giant... Department store chain. Yeah. Yeah. Are they still around? No. 
And I never have been, and I never inherited anything, including business skills and acumen, but they're a phenomenally <laughs> fascinating company. Famous name. Well, they also had the first bargain basement. They had the first escalator, but it was too scary, so they had to get rid of it and bring really? it back. They um, officially pushed to change the date of Thanksgiving so that there would be more shopping between Thanksgiving and Christmas, as only Jews can do. Right, so you're an old New York Jew, in a sense. Well, that fa side of the family is German Jewish. They're from right, Ohio. Right, but they've been here for and they were, something years. Yeah, from the 1850s, right. that side. Right. I always would describe my parents as a mixed marriage, but they were this merchant class. You know, that, that uh, there were s multiple German Jewish families who came right. here already well off. What about your mom's side? Um, my mom is typical Horatio Alger, like rags to riches and then rags. <laughs> Thank you. I brought the downward mobility. Um, but very typical. My grandfather, my mother's father, and you know, never went to college, um, but then ended up uh, making these radio transmitter parts. And, really? Here uh, they're from Eastern Europe? Eastern Europe, yeah. So what about you? The war? They came before the war. They came in um, the early 1900s. Oh, okay. They left their shtetl. Right. We're like, you'd call us new greeners. What are new sense. greeners? Like post-war, you know. I come from most survivors, so it's like that. They're all Holocaust survivors. They're all Holocaust survivors. How do you feel like that's impacted you? Well, you know, I... I well, do you know my story? No, okay. tell me your story. So, because there is this survival element to it. So I studied architecture. Okay. I spent, I think I spent eight years in school. Where did you go to architecture school? I went to Michigan, Columbia, McGill, and Penn. Jesus, why so many schools? Because I kept racking on degrees. I thought this was what I wanted to do. I thought okay. this was the best But isn't thing. it just graduate school, one well, program? Okay. Well, yes, but then there I was, initially I was in a Bachelor of Architecture, and then I switched to a Bachelor of Science in Architecture, and then I got a Master's in Architecture, then I got a Master's in Real Estate Development in Architecture. Okay. Thinking that I would just kind of, you know, ride on the shoulders of my previous accomplishments. Mm -hmm. So I, I was, I wouldn't say I was educated because I knew nothing, but I spent a long time in school. I spent a lot of money for that. Um, gave up most of my, you know, 20s for school, all of my 20s. It's not giving it up, you were investing in your future. Right, you'd think, right? You have a very, like, victim-like mentality. <laughs> no, 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 no. Elective choices despite coming from a family of Holocaust survivors. I thought, I thought it was great until I moved to New York. I was finishing up at Columbia, and I suddenly lost my reading abilities. Oh, wow. I lost my reading abilities, and I lost my writing abilities. Oh, my gosh. And it just disappeared. I thought, what happened? I thought I had a stroke. I didn't know what happened. It just, like, disappeared. I couldn't focus on words anymore. It was gone. You know, like when you're so tired, you're like, ah, you know, I, I just need sleep. I can't even understand what I'm writing. What was going on? So I thought that I had, I thought, you know, I didn't know. Doctors didn't know. But the thing is, it never came back. You can't read? I can't read. Are you blind? No, I have full vision. So this well, I'm is... I'm so sorry. So what happens when you get, Eventually. Like so, okay. Well, I can, should I, should I tell you what happened or should yeah. I try and... So it turned out that I had late-stage Lyme disease, and it was in my brain. Wow. But no one knew, and no one figured it out. And all of a sudden, all those years that I spent in school investing were useless. I couldn't get a job. It would take me 45 minutes to write a three-sentence email. 
So it, it affects your motor, motor, fine it's, motor it's skills. It's like it, 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 it creates neurotoxins in your brain, and whatever it's affecting, it breaks down that area. Wow. So, you know, I, would, I used to walk around the city like, wondering, like, why me? Like, how is this, how is this possible? And then it's so strange that no doctors understand what's going on with me. You know, eventually you just start to think but that this you're crazy. But this tends to be the the trajectory with Lyme disease. I mean, now I think there is more research because more people yeah. are talking about it. But I have several friends where they've talked about how difficult it was to even get diagnosed. Yeah, yeah. Properly. So I couldn't work. I, at the time, I mean, I, I, I had to move into a shared studio in the Upper West Side. At one point I was living on a couch, I had no income. Um, and I thought this is a good time to start a suit company because I had nothing to lose. If I go bankrupt- But why, was, why suits? Like why were you like, you wanted to dress for the job How much reading is involved in measurements? Got or it. Or a sewing machine. Okay. So I had to relearn- but Why suits? Well, I was, you know, I'm not tall and I always bought custom suits. I always, Thought it made me feel great, and I always figured I could do it better than everyone. You were not. You were not. Um, if I had the time, but I never had the time because I'm going to be this architect and in real estate. All of a sudden, I had more time than anyone could imagine. Oh, we'll have to get your thoughts on Men's Warehouse and where you weigh in. Yeah, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> I do have thoughts on that. Anyway, um, yeah. Wait, what so, are your thoughts on Men's Warehouse? I well, I, I think they do. I th- you know, I had this idea about starting this company for women androgynous suits like a men's warehouse. Oh, you did initially? Well, no, 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 now. So I'm thinking like men's warehouse can make so much money. If okay. just did what we're doing. Okay, but don't give away your... Oh, uh, who cares? I mean, okay. men's warehouse is like the biggest fan of this podcast and they listen oh, okay. constantly. All right. And now they're going to go off and do that. Right. Well, they, we have 2,500 templates of, you know, people's bodies. So we can do them in small to extra large. Men's Warehouse doesn't have those templates. So we have this proprietary advantage because we know our clients. So you're broke, you start this suit company. Broke, you don't understand, you know what broke is? Like people don't really understand broke. Broke means that you are allowed one slice of pizza at 99 cents a day. That's broke. Yeah. Broke, like, and you're thinking, wow, I'm 32 years old. This is not what I expected. So you start the suit company, you have nothing. You basically, I, I worked in, in design for a while, uh, redoing interior uh, decorating. Houses? Which yeah. is how I worked with Ali, um, who we both know, Ali Goldberg. Okay, so, who's a comedian. Who's a comedian. Yes. So the idea was that I would design and paint and redo people's interiors, and Ali would blog about it. Okay. And it started to bring in a lot of attention. We were in Design Sponge, we were in apartment therapy, and it started to bring in money. I took that money, parlayed it into investing into a small factory, Amazing. all on trust, and we started to launch. I remember, like, I would, the first month we had two clients. Like, that's not a lot of money. I remember, even as we were growing, it was still in my bedroom that I shared with three women. Not, I mean, not in the bedroom. I didn't. Like, yeah, it sounds more like a harem. Or yeah, something. yeah, yeah. yeah. The, like, like, my life is pretty story. good, right? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. We're no, no longer feeling sorry for you. <laughs> <laughs> free publicity and also three lovers. It sounds kind of wonderful. <laughs> right. 
So when did the the suit company start to work? Meaning, when did you start to go from making suits to um, getting customers? Well, I don't know. I've tried to explore the the relationship. I mean, it started to grow. We started to use Guild City platform to get our name out there. We were basically for the first year. We, I speak me, but yeah. no one knew it was just me. It's all if people know, if people ever realize the ad hocery that's involved in starting a business. Yes, they wouldn't. They would not trust you at all. Like you would. Just, I just don't think they would do it. Because it takes it takes so many hours, waking hours, seven days a week. Well, clients stuff. knew that we were held together by duct tape. Yeah, I was I was ironing suits in my underwear, like in front of a watching Family Guy. You know, like it was not we were not a real store. Okay, it was just a mask. We were doing everything we can. We was always this we. I actually created separate emails and would answer emails under other people's names <laughs> to create the illusion that we were bigger. It worked. Eventually, you know, we started to get more clients, and I had this idea of how suits should fit, and then that gained us more clients. I mean, it was a lot of work. It was a lot of work. I don't think I would do it again. But in the end, um, you know, we hired this. At the time, she was just an intern. This person, Ray. He's like, I just want to work with you guys. You know, we we had one client, Murray Hill. Yes, who's been on the show. Who's been on this show. Yeah, employee of the month. Yeah. So wait, Murray Hill, this comedian who has a, a really large fan base, like came in, liked your suits, and then from there you started getting um, more people who were LGBT. Well, no, so then Ray saw that, and it's like, look, can I work with you guys? Obviously, if you guys are cool about trans men, yeah. Obviously, I this is out of all the suit companies, you're probably the most in tune with with my own spectrum. Who's Ray? Rachel Tutera. Ray okay. Tutera. So so Ray, so I brought Ray on. Ray um, is also on I don't know, I can't speak for Ray, but 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 Ray is part of the member of the LGBTQ community. Okay. Um, we brought her on, we, me. Yes. To, and your seven other email addresses. Right, 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 right. It's weird because sometimes I talk to the other email addresses too. <laughs> anyway. So um, you would like CC yourself, but it would be like Jerry at bindleandkeep.com. Isn't that funny? <laughs> isn't that it's funny? Really funny? You should do it. It's really, it, it totally works. Like you could play bad you, good you, good cop, bad cop. You could do all of it. I love this. And you so know. Jerry would be like, we can't do it. We can't right, do it for right, that right. cheap. Thoughts. And then you're like, ah. <laughs> it's actually kind of cathartic. It's really funny. <laughs> You belong in showbiz. You're a real showman. I don't know. It was just it was it was survivorship. Like that's what it was. So it's so savvy. then Ray started blogging on her blog, The Handsome Butch, that I'm working for Ben Keep. And her readers obviously were interested in the handsome that's butch awesome. because of what you know she was blogging about. And they said, Well, I guess let me see if I can get a suit. So all of a sudden we had these new clients. And they're saying, can you put an androgynous suit on me? And when you're a startup and you're formally ironing things in your underwear and, you know, you don't know if you're going to survive another month, you say, yeah, yes, I will. And we're going to figure it out. And we figured it out. And what is the difference? Is it measuring for women's hips and busts and... Depends. So some clients ask that we be gender blind. 
Okay. And so that means that we would get in the exact same suit as I would cut for myself. Okay. So a bust is not a bust, it's just a chest size. Okay. We don't do bust to bust, shoulder to bust, we don't triangulate the bust, we don't take multiple measurements of the hips. Okay. Um, no darting. Sometimes. I hate darts. If they're too low or too high, it's really hard to buy something. Right. For custom suits, it's easy because you just measure the bust. That's amazing. Can, just... can you look at what, so just as you know, just so you know, as a woman, like, if I go into, like, a bra fitting shop, you don't even have to take their clothes off. They're, like, 36 triple D. Yeah, no, D. not that good. Every time they know I'm a 36 triple D. It's amazing. Trouble D? Triple. Triple D? Or trouble. <laughs> <laughs> but it just fascinates me that they, like, know your size and you'll be in a parka. Can you do right. that? Do you know? Is that that Hasidic place that you go to? That, that no, I mean, any bra, bra shop, any bra fitting, whether it's, like, Bergdorf Goodman's or, like, um, yeah, the, like, old... Jewish shop on the Lower East Side, is that what you're thinking about? Yeah, it's like a husband and wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you need this girdle? Um, Do you you know that with people's size? You know where where trouble is. And I mean trouble. Like, so you know, like, that this hip is going to be, we have to measure it a certain way because of its size. But it's hard to gauge, like, 50, because remember. Can you tell if men are well endowed? No. No. You can't, like, look at someone and be like, okay, we'll he's going to need a large insert. Not really. Unless okay. I, I mean, maybe you could. <laughs> if you if you interned for us, you'd be like, you know. But remember, we're, we're not... We're going to need a large inseam. We're not looking at clients saying, okay, we got to find you something. It's all custom. So it doesn't matter. It's all just measurements. They're wow. measurements. Wow. So it's okay. not like, okay, you are this, this, and this size. i got to find it. Yeah. It's like, who cares? I make it all from scratch. It's amazing. Yeah, it's cool. And so what you do is you just take, like, you take women's bodies and, you know, like men, the classic masculine men's body, and a suit is exaggerated chest, tiny waist. Okay. Think of, like, Superman comics. Tiny okay. waist, huge chest. Now, if we put that on a lot of our clients, they think, holy shit, this is super feminine. So we invert that relationship. We bind the chest tighter, give a little bit more room in the true waist area. Yeah. So to, to avoid a lot of the skirting. And it's just a triggers game. All you're doing is listening to what the clients want. Amazing. We don't have to have a, you know, a PhD in gender studies to understand this stuff. Yes. You do have to or be... Anatomy, or anatomy, or... Yeah, you don't have to know anything. Okay. <laughs> you know, it's... Now everyone across New York is going to start a suit company. Um, how do you feel about your competition? Do you have competition? We do. Suit supply? Uh, suit supply is not our competition. Okay. Um, our competition... That's the beginning and end of my encyclopedic knowledge. Right. <laughs> well, they're good. They <laughs> make nice suits. clothes. Remember, we make customs, so it's very different because what we're making is something that someone cannot get off the rack. So usually they're already frustrated with the off-the-rack process. Okay. How did um, Lena Dunham come to you and find you to do a documentary? Um... Uh, Lena Dunham, how did that happen? We got luck. This is all luck. Can I just make that clear? Like, people think, because people ask all the time how all of this happened. It's all luck. Like, if if, if a few things getting so much attention so quickly with a small business. We didn't pay for PR or anything. Yes. Where is a small small business? Like, you don't even know. Like, I can't even explain how small. Well, I'm getting the sense. It's just like you and 12 imaginary friends. Right. Well, now it's bigger. (laughs) So now there's a bunch of us. Like, you did not just call me an hour ago saying I'm going to lay That's true. I talked to someone else. I spoke to someone else. (laughs) 
Wouldn't that be funny if I just, that was also <laughs> well, me? Well, now I'm questioning whether I did right. speak to someone else. <laughs> you should go into voiceovers if the suit supply business doesn't work out. <laughs> Wait, so, okay, so now how many people are on your staff? There's eight. Incredible. Eight yeah. Okay. And so eight real... And our factory's grown, like we're all, and then there's oh, other parts of the whole process that are, if I, if I add them all, I mean, it's... It's pretty diverse. I mean, we have fabric suppliers, we've got button suppliers, we've got... I want to come and visit the button factory. I do, too. <laughs> I've never go. been to the button factory. Let's go. I, I love mean, the button factory's in Japan, we, but we... Okay. It's all this whole thing, like it's, a, it's an assembly chain, because we're just in time. We don't have any stuff. How do you oversee to make sure that they're treating their customer... I mean, excuse me, that they're treating their staff well and everything, that you don't get into a situation in which you end up using a manufacturer that... Right, like the slave labor they yes. use on the fishing. Yes, um, or Mac. We're too, we're, too, we're too small. So right now we only have three tailors. And so okay. We're not an assembly line. We're not... You know, we made thousands of suits at this point, but, but we, we're still not... You know, it's not like it's not like two-year-olds sewing buttons on. Like it's just, it's we're too small. They, the, the two-year-olds would be really bored. And do celebrities want their suits for free? No, no. That's None great. of our celebrity clients have asked the suit. Yeah, nothing. They pay. I mean, we've given suits for free, but no, they pay for it. They pay for it as they should emotionally and no i yeah, I, I, do right. they, I do right. believe they i do believe some have paid emotionally is that some true paid, some go probably some, i'm sure some sigh every time our name comes up why not <laughs> let's be honest I, but i do agree that they should it's just i do also know in our industry that the people who usually have the most money don't pay for anything and then the people right. who are like scraping by to fit in do. So right. A well, thing. a lot of our celebrities are are brought on because of their designer, the, the costume teams. So, like, we to put Laverne Cox in a suit mm -hmm. last week, or you know, Laverne didn't pay for that. Laverne's costume, you know, the 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 pilot paid for it. Got it. The pilot, you know, they're in the business of paying for it. They don't say, "Hey, we're making a movie in New York City, and we expect it to all be free." Like yeah. that doesn't happen. Yeah. You know, they don't pay sales tax. Which you I don't just pay learned. sales tax. Do you pay sales tax? We pay sales tax. Yeah, you gotta pay sales tax. The um, government knows everything. <laughs> government knows everything. Do you so you didn't explain how Lena Dunham came into your life? So so what happened was the You were walking your dog. Oh we and she were was we like, met I have a dog a too. Client. We met with a client, a client. He and his fiance, who's now his husband. You know, That's usually how that works. Right, right. Well, it depends. I've seen some people who have perennial fiancés and then no fiancés anymore. And no, anyway. Um, we, you know, you shoot the shit all the time. Like, that's what you do. That's how I got diagnosed with Lyme disease. It was a client who's like, yo, you have Lyme disease. That's why you can't read. Fascinating. Yeah. And the, everything I have done, it, the clients gave to me. How many fingers am I holding up? Two. I'm not, right. Right. But, but, um, he's like, look, I, I did what you're doing. I think you guys should be on This American Life or, or New York Times. This, is, this matters. So I said, okay, dare you to do it. And he called them. But what's interesting is you didn't realize how much it mattered. You were supplying a good, which is what you do. You supply right. goods, dried goods. And... It ended up that you were filling this niche that you didn't even know existed. It found us. So once people started coming in, 
and they just started referring each other. It's a small community, and it's a community that shares information when it makes people feel better about themselves. Like, all I cared about was like, hey, people need to be happy. If they're not happy, we lose business. That's all you're thinking about. You're, look, when you're in a battlefield and you're firing your gun and trying to kill the enemy, you're not wondering, am I winning or not? You're like, I really hope I don't die. That's the idea. It's just like you're so. I was with you until you just <laughs> until you just switch from capitalism to war. But yes, I do understand. It's not. What you're saying. It's not you war are... in the sense of it's not <laughs> war of like an adversary. You're just you're mired in the mess of it. Yes. You know, you, it, it's it's dirty. You're wondering, okay, like how am I going to pay next month's bills? How am I going to pay supplier codes? Like, like you're just you're not at all. You're just seeing clients as clients, and all you care about is making them happy. So you're not saying, we're doing this great thing. It's not even, it's not even in your cosmology. You never think about it. You're just like, that client's happy. Next. Let's go on. I had no gray hair last year. None. <laughs> None. It's freaking me out. It's freaking me out. So, but politically, do you feel more affiliated or connected or evolved now as a result? Yeah, I never, had, I never even had a stance on, like, Gay marriage. I never, it was so far from my world that I was just like, I never had a sense one way or the other. I probably had no opinion on the matter. I probably shouldn't even say that, but and I now? did. And now? And now? Yeah, now I know so many people. So so it's, it's I mean, it's my livelihood. Well, it's and, also more organic in that sense that you really learned about these issues. Well, right. So the way, the what, what started to happen is it really, it was big before the New York Times picked up on it. Once the New York Times wrote about it, all of a sudden, I mean, I think I told you this, I woke up to 300 emails the next morning. That's amazing. Or the morning of... You know, it was Thanksgiving morning, and people were just from all over the world. They're like, and only half of them were imaginary people see, that you had picked, right, <laughs> that you'd made up. Right, all kidding. night, just firing. Off. I'm like, this is really touching. This is really touching. <laughs> Thoughts? <laughs> all right. So, when does the doc? Is the documentary happening right now? Yeah. So we're almost finished filming it. I mean, Lena didn't approach us directly. Um, I remember I was skiing. I was on. A, I was skiing. And I got a text message from Rachel, who um, was in touch with them, or was in touch with the director, who wrote her email saying, I read your Times article, I want to make a documentary about you guys. And he, I think he, wrote, he had already written a treatment to Lena and Jenny, saying this would be a great idea. I think Lena and Jenny... Have, they have good connections. Jenny Connor, Jenny Connor is, is Lena Denham's um, producing partner. Right, yeah. right. And um, I think Ray thought that the director was just some NYU film student. So I think put it off for a while. I remember I didn't know who Lena Dunham was when I was on the chairlift. I, I was like, who is this? Where I were you skiing? I don't know. Like southern Vermont, I think it was. Uh, so you've gone from having one piece of pizza a day. Can you imagine? I rented a house all, all last year, a little farmhouse. Yeah, no, things are. Okay, wait. I'm not swimming in it by any <laughs> means, and I feel like I worked for it. Um, but yeah, no. So it, once it started to grow, then we became really busy, and we made a thousand suits last summer. That's so exciting. And then you see how important it is, and people start writing you, or, you, you know, once you understand what you're what your mission is, and yeah. our mission is just to make everyone happy. It has, we have no, we're not like, hey, we're going to serve the LGBTQ, LGBTQ community, and that's the most important thing, and that's our mission. No, it's just everybody. 
It's the same thing. So if my dog, because I'm thinking of having a bark mitzvah for ladies. If your dog, yeah, but if your dog's critical, I'd rather not. Can she get a suit? At least a jacket. She has, does her body change? And she's supposed to lose it over a pound, but I don't want to talk about it because it makes me feel bad as an owner. Because you're gonna you're gonna force her to lose the pound. Well, no, I just like, it, like it's really hard when someone tells you that like your child has to lose weight, and you're like she should love her body. One pound. What is she? Three pounds? She's twenty six point two, and she's supposed to be twenty five. She a Bichon? No. Because oh. I had a twenty six pound Bichon. Oh, so that's not a thing. Um, in all seriousness, so now you have this huge company. Essentially. Yeah, it's like and we're moving to D.C. also. We're expanding to San Francisco. You're starting new stores. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. Oh, because, you know, once this documentary airs, it's the demand is going to increase. Not that we have to meet all the demand, but it's really important that people can get this. Why the actual store locations are not like a website? Oh, because people need to be fitted. People, well... Yes, and they can't fit themselves because we have all this experiment experience doing it. Yeah. So it's not just putting people in great suits. It's so people can come to you, feel comfortable, welcoming. Um, you know, they know that you have worked with people in similar situations as they are they are in, and it's. It's it's a whole experience. You act like situations like they've been in, in Vietnam, but you just mean that other people have no, died. No, people have been kicked out. Yeah, well, no, <laughs> but like, I mean, what if your entire life you've struggled to fit into clothes yeah. and to make that no, you feel matches your aesthetic, matches what you feel is your identity? It's everything. And it, it has the worst. It's like always walking into the dentist's office, you know, shopping for a lot of people. Yeah. And so all of a sudden you're like, wait, this is going to be painless. I completely understand. And it yeah. doesn't have that tooth smell when you walk in. It doesn't have this right. um, tooth smell. I wish I could tell everyone since the podcast how um, handsome your suit is right now. Um, is this a suit that you made? It is. And I mean, but wait, I slept in this suit last night. I mean, I'm just you like... sleep they, in your we, suit? We, I wear these out. Like I, not out, but I wear them a lot. And then do you sell them to people? Do you wash them first? I know. Do you think anyone's going to fit into this? Wait, so here's a serious question. <laughs> Did you really sleep in a suit? So many times. I'm, I'm honest about it. I'm, I, I get home at night, I crash, I, cry, I fall asleep on the couch. And then you go back to work. It's happened, like, even in the documentary. You know, I'll just roll out of bed and I'll be like, all right, let's go. Do you brush your teeth? I do. Well, that's good. I do. Sometimes I'll take a shower you and put your my underwear? other clothes back on. And then you'll put them back on. I have do a you lot. Do you change your underwear or you just wear the same underwear? No, I changed my underwear for the podcast. Okay, good. Thank you for doing that. Thank you for being on Employee of the Month <laughs> and winning this duly deserved award because you've worked so hard. You've worked your ass off. And I'm really, really proud and impressed. And I'm excited to see you continue to grow. Thank you. That's it for this episode of Employee of the Month. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you to Ian Mazoff for editing this. Thank you to Josh Rogerson. Thank you to Jelly D for being an incredible intern and allowing us to record these here. Thanks to all of you for listening. Go to employeeofthemonthshow.com to find out about future live tapings as well as ways you can donate and um, also how to check out more episodes. Talk to you soon.